Hi everyone, good morning. It's lovely to see you all. I hope you've had a good week. If you don't know me, I'm Mike. I lead the church here and uh, we've got some visitors this morning. You're really, really welcome. We're going to have a crazy 10-minute party after the service uh, and I'd love... It's going to be wild. Uh, back right, I'd, lo- I'd love to meet you just for a drink and uh, get to hear a little bit about you. Uh, we had a good weekend. We actually, um, we actually watched a, a, an old movie last night with our boys, uh, E.T. Who's, who likes E.T.? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched that for 40 years, would you believe? Uh, I'm showing my age, but we had a really good time. And he's, it's such a cool film, isn't it? We had a good time. So what I'm going to do is, is give Sunday, it's Harvest Sunday, and I want to speak from a few verses from uh, this book of Philippians. We're going through the book of Ephesians as a church. They're written by uh, the Apostle Paul, but I wanted just to read a few verses. Um, and then I'm going to just speak and talk about the church, where we're at, that kind of thing. So... Are you ready for these verses? Philippians 2, 1 to 11. These verses, actually, if you really think about them, it's hard not to read them uh, without getting quite emotional. You may have read them many times, but they are very, very moving verses. And Bex and I, when we got married, we went to see a vicar. You know, he wants to go and see a vicar. We went to see a vicar, and uh, he said, what readings do you want? Here's some readings. And we actually said without hesitation, well, actually, this is one of them we want. And uh, this has been important to us. It's been important to me, actually, in my life. As I've come to faith on Alpha, do bring people uh, in on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday night, whenever it is. It's actually Tuesday. And let me uh, read these verses. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion that make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind set as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So just turn to the person next to you while I get myself ready, just warmed up. Uh, What did you like about those verses? What strikes you? You may have read them hundreds of times. You may have just read, you may have heard them for the first time this morning. 
What, 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 do you, what strikes you? Tell the person next to you. Introduce yourself to them because we're, gonna, we're trying to get everyone knowing each other. We know we've got lots of visitors. Say hi to people. Be social. If you're an introvert, just drop something on the floor and hide under the seat. Just what strikes you? Okay, should we come back together again? So here's a question for you. I just want to open with a question. Who is the wealthiest person you know? Who is the wealthiest person you know? I was thinking about this myself last week as I was uh, preparing this. The wealthiest person I know is this old friend of mine. Um, I used to work as a lawyer in London. It's a long time ago now. His name was Richard. He was George Soros's right-hand man, actually. And uh, he was leaving, working with George Soros. I was leaving my law firm. We had a lunch together. We, we met through some other mates, and we had lunch every now and again. And uh, he said, Mike, have they, have they tried to make you stay? And I said, they haven't, actually. <laughs> um, no, no, they haven't. <laughs> no. And uh, I think when, when they discovered I was going to go and be a vicar and do theology, I think you're sort of, in their eyes, it's kind of like game over, forget you. And uh, I said to him, why, why, Richard, did they try and make you stay? He said, it's funny you should ask that, because they, they actually did. And uh, I said, wow. And he, they said, so they didn't offer you any money? And I said, no, they didn't offer any, any money to say. I said, did they offer you any money, Richard? And he said, yeah, they've offered me 15 million pounds to stay. <laughs> and this is 25 years ago. So multiplier. So Richard is probably the wealthiest person I, I know. And it's Gift Sunday. I don't know how you feel about Gift Sunday. Some people love it. Sometimes some people don't go. They go to Emmaus Road or another church. <laughs> um, but, bas- <laughs> but basically, but basically, uh, you know, I've got a proposition for you this morning. Are you ready? This is my proposition. You are and I am phenomenally wealthy. Okay. This is my proposition. You are phenomenally wealthy, even if we don't feel like it. And uh, you've actually, I want to identify at least five resources you've got that make you super wealthy, okay? And uh, the first is this, the slide should come up in a seamless kind of way. The first resources you have actually are relational resources, if you flick onto the next slide. They're relational resources. These are uh, your relationships, your family relationships, your networks, your friendships. These things are phenomenally valuable. They're, they're actually probably the most valuable thing you have. Even though you might not realize that, some of you will. But actually, these are very, very valuable, your relationships. And uh, Paul basically, uh, in these verses, he, he says, look, um, spend your relational resources. When you come to follow Jesus, whether you came to faith on Alpha, however, whatever your story was, whether it was a, a, a sort of dramatic thing or a, or a sort of um, gradual thing, Spend your relational resources. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, this is what happens when we come to faith. We become united with Christ. Everything flows out of that relationship of being united uh, with Christ. We have these funny words in the church, salvation, for example. But actually, the fruits, the blessings, all start in this relationship. Any comfort from his love. Have you ever been comforted from, by the love of God? 
I'm comforted by the love of God most days, several times a day. Uh, Any common sharing in the Spirit, some translations call this fellowship of the Spirit. And uh, it it means um, actually friendship with the Holy Spirit, with God himself, but also friendship with other people who are filled with the Spirit in the church. Uh, any any um, common sharing in the spirit? Have you been encouraged by anyone here? Has anyone helped you out here? Uh, has anyone spoken life to you here? Uh, have you had a laugh with anyone here? This is this uh, common sharing in the spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. This call to being one in spirit, one mind, it's not that we all think the same or become uh, robotic sort of um, automatons. No, actually, we we are united and we think and gather around the one Jesus Christ and uh, his his call to unity. And uh, Paul, you see, actually uh, is calling us actually to spend our relational capacity, uh, uh, resources and to give our lives for other people. And this is a big theme of this passage, as we'll see. And for us as a church, I want to encourage us to spend our relational resources here, uh, elsewhere, because our vision depends on it. What's our vision? Love God, love people, and make a cheesecake. No. <laughs> Peachy. Uh, yeah, love God, love people, make a difference. And actually, we're doing this by creating a big family here. And in our big family, how do we want people to feel? Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Jim. We want people to feel actually known, seen, valued, and loved. Known, seen, valued, and loved. Known in the sense of, yeah, you know my story, you know a bit about me. Not everyone will know everyone's, but in smaller groups, yes. Seen for who you are in all your beauty, in all your frailty, in all your uh, vulnerability, in all your possibility, in all your gifting. Valued, treated with respect and kindness. And actually, if we feel all these things, we'll be loved, won't we? And so uh, in this season in the life of the church, in the vision of the church, what we're doing is we're prioritizing community, which takes us to invest our relational time with one another. And uh, it's amazing what happens in the pods. It's amazing what happens in various ministries, all sorts of stuff. But uh, we, I'm calling you on this gift Sunday to recognize, actually, that... Um, We're very wealthy relationally with our resources. And I'm asking you to actually build the community life here uh, and spend your relational resources if you like. And we had such a laugh at All Bar One the other night, actually. Lots of people came, but it was lovely just to see people just come and just have a laugh together. And, uh, you know, there'll be more church socials, there'll be more stuff on the horizon. But basically, the first thing I want to say is you're uber-wealthy relationally. Uh, you might not feel uh, wealthy, but you know, they've done research. Um, the top five regrets of the dying, one of the top ones is I, I squandered my relationships. Didn't make enough time for my relationships. So just spend your relational capital, because this is, uh, as we'll see as we go through this, this is what Jesus uh, does. Okay, so you've got 
relational resources. You've also, secondly, got physical resources. You've got physical resources. What's that? It's actually brute strength, physical power. It's your time, your energy, if you like. And uh, basically, um, Paul, if he was here, would say, you know, don't just spend your relational capital in light of the way God has spent his relational capital for you. Actually, give your time, your energy, your physical strength uh, away. If you want to live a significant life, if you want to be uh, remembered, if you, if you want to make the most of your life, just spend your time and energy, give it away, and, and actually do it quite carefully. Uh, be wise with what you give your, your, your time and energy to. And uh, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Uh, these things undermine the unity, of course. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to look to the interests of others. We live in a culture, I think it's fair to say, that says, hey, it's all about us. It's you. It's brand you. And uh, make your life about you. Consume. Get all the stuff. And um, actually, maybe give the leftovers away. Often we don't even get that far. But you see, if the Apostle Paul was here, he'd say you're wealthy. You've got physical resources. And whatever you do, give them away too. Give your time, your energy, your brute strength uh, away. And I want to just thank a few people. You do this so well anyway. You know, uh, we've had this building project where we needed, that became a building site. We needed people to help uh, actually get all the furniture out. And lots of people came, spent their physical resources, and, and helped us do that. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know... Um, all sorts of stuff I could talk about there. But, you know, uh, actually, uh, could you put your time, your energy uh, into this place? And could I encourage you, if you're not already to, to serve somewhere in the church? Uh, to actually put something in and spend some physical resource in the church somewhere. Looking around the room, I feel a bit embarrassed saying that because too, too many of you are doing too much already. But, you know, actually, if you're not, could I encourage you to serve somewhere and, and help and pitch in somewhere? And uh, I say that for the sake of the church, to be honest, which is all of us. Uh, but I actually also say it mostly for your sake. Because actually, uh, as we'll see as we go through these verses, you know, it's actually as we give, we receive. As we spend ourselves, as Christ has done, as the Apostle Paul has done, actually... Uh, we receive, we, we live the sorts of lives that we really want to live uh, and um, yearn to live. Are you with me so far? So that's two. What's the next thing I want to talk about? You have intellectual resources. You have intellectual resources. Uh, this is your creativity, your knowledge, your great ideas. You know, uh, St. Saviour's is, is wall-to-wall, gifted uh, creative people in all these ways, but there's so many people here with great ideas and great expertise. And um, uh, if, if the Apostle Paul w was here, he would say, you know, give it away. Don't hold on to it. Give it away for goodness sake. And uh, what's amazing about the Apostle Paul, he did that. If you read his writings and uh, 
some of his letters, he's a total genius, the way he communicates, the way he, he, he writes to different churches, the way he actually talks about what Jesus has done to different people. And a friend of mine um, is basically, he works in Sydney in Australia. I met him in, in New Zealand many years ago. He's, we've stayed friends. And uh, he's, a leading, he's one of the leading management consultants in Australia. He works for Accenture um, Strategy, if you know that outfit. And uh, basically, uh, the top companies in Australia cry out for his time. He, he's got too many demands. What, you don't know, you know what he does? His whole philosophy is based on? It's based on uh, the life of Paul, giving away himself and his expertise. And he says to these business, leading businessmen and women, uh, just over the next two days, what I want to do is I want to tell you the story of someone who shaped Western culture. I'm not going to tell you who it is until the end. And uh, we're going to just hear about his life, what he did. And uh, actually, um, he's got a lot, we've got a lot to learn from him. And he's changed whole corporate cultures and teams and work environments and the way people do meetings and everything. And at the end, uh, the last question was, who is it? Who is it? This is amazing. We're going to do this. Who is it? And I go, it's this guy called the Apostle Paul. That's who I've been speaking about. The Apostle Paul, like, what? Who's he? But, <laughs> you know, we've got so much to give away. And, uh, you know, we've had that even with the building project recently, you know. Um, who's got that arty, creative thing going on? Oh, I know the colours. I'll just throw this together. Me neither. Uh, so it looks like, well, Pete Sheath has got it going down. And, uh, and basically, we've got a group here who've, who've brought their expertise across the, all the congregations. And they've helped with the design, the furniture, the carpet, the design of the lose all that sort of stuff. It's giving a bit of creative stuff away. And the thing is, hands up if you feel you've got a lot of great ideas to give away or, or great expertise to give away. Michael does. Well done. But it's flipping one person, Michael. Look around the room. Let's give Michael a round of applause there. You never do, but you know, I was talking, God will give you stuff. He, I was talking to the lead, lead con, con, the, the managing director of the company who did the thing. And we were talking, he said, I'm so, the building project. And, and, we're talking, and um, basically, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm so busy. I said, I feel busy. Da, da, da. He said, How, what do you do in the busyness? And uh, I just said, oh, you just need um, discernment and courage. I said, what? I, I felt it. You know, when you, do you ever say stuff? You just think, gosh, that wasn't even me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you just need discernment to know what's valuable in life because we're told that what isn't valuable is valuable and what is valuable isn't valuable. So you need to discern really what's important in life. Then you need to courage to prioritize it. <laughs> but, you know, we've got stuff we can give away, haven't we? And uh, I want to encourage you to... We, we need all the help we can get, quite frankly, in this season. Um, can you just give your intellectual stuff away? And this isn't talk of, oh, well, I've got a degree and I've got a PhD and I did a master's degree and da-da-da-da-da. We've all got it going down, even if you haven't been to school. You've got great ideas. You've got great stuff to give away. Okay, are you with me so far? Paul, you see, says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We've got to think about our minds. Okay, here's the next one. Are you ready? You've got spiritual resources. 
You've got spiritual resources, okay? And uh, you, uh, okay, here's a quick question. Let's do this really, really fast. This is just shooting from the hip. Who's been a Christian a year or less? Okay, two, five, 10, 15. Don't be shy, come on, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, lot, lot 40 years, 45, 50, quite a lot 50 years, 55, uh, 60, 65, 70, <laughs> 75, 80. You picked anything up? No, it's anything, not anyone. Um, <laughs> you see, you've got massive spiritual resources. You, you, you are up here. You don't feel like you have, because you often say things like, oh, I don't, I'm not a church leader, I'm not ordained, I've never done theology, but forget it. You're, you're full to the brim of resources. And I read this book, I saw it in a bookshop, it said the title was Die Empty. I thought, that's my kind of book. God, it's got a lot of... <laughs> and it's this guy, it's a, it's a type A guy, just everything you've got, give it away, die empty, you know? Get rid of everything, give it all away. I love that sort of book. But you've got so much to offer, and you see the thing is, it comes by laying, giving that away and laying down your life. That's where that comes from. The more you give away, the more you lay down your life, the more you do a Jesus, just the more resources you'll have. Because he basically, this is the moving bit. This was a poem, possibly an early, early poem, maybe a hymn Paul um, edited. But uh, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So, we've got to give it away. Because it's, we're full. Jesus was full. And there's this Greek word, kenosis, he emptied himself. And it's not a sort of, it was a self, it was a choosing. No one was holding a gun to his head. He chose to become human. I'm not sure I would have done. He chose actually to give up um, uh, his position with his father in heaven. He always stayed divine. But he laid down his life. He took on human flesh. He became limited uh, and uh, stuck in space and time, if you like. And um, he basically served other people, the disciples, uh, people he came across. He laid down his life. Foxes have holes. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he just served and emptied himself and emptied himself and emptied himself to the point of death. And to be honest, you know, think about the people who uh, you admire maybe in history, uh, in your life, you know, they, they've done what, they've done that, actually. They've done that. And uh, they've, they've just laid down their lives. Might be William Wilberforce, might be uh, Mandela, they've la they lay down their lives. And um, 
this is really important that we, we do the same. We spend what we have and we give it away. We spend what we have and we give it away. We spend what we have and we give it away. We don't grasp onto it. We spend what we have and give as much of it as we can, humanely possible. Give it away. And you'll meet these people. Uh, uh, they won't be on Twitter. They won't be uh, famous, but they'll look a, a little bit tired at times. They'll have a few uh, scars. They'll look a bit battle-weary, but they're beautiful people leading beautiful lives. And, um, you know, this is what Paul's talking about. Finally, are you ready? You've got financial resources. So you are super wealthy, even before we get to the finances, but you've got financial resources. And um, basically, I want to encourage you uh, on this gift day to do two things. You're very, very welcome to uh, give to the building project. We actually haven't asked you to do that, but lots of people have said, how can we support the project? It looks amazing. It's long overdue. It's done amazing things to the Trekkers Ministry. Uh, the lighting, it just is so much nicer, it's safer, it meets all the, how can, we, how can we give? Well, you can just simply throw some money in if you want to. And already people have given thousands, so um, you know, I wanted to give you that opportunity. The second thing I wanted to say was uh, you can also, I, could I encourage you, if you're reasonably new to the church or not that new to the church, if you're not presently financially giving, can I invite you with a big smile on my face in a totally unembarrassed way to, to start financially giving to the church? It's not about the amount, it's about um, actually just doing that and it's actually for your benefit because uh, it's really, really important that you support the life uh, of your local church. If you're not already doing that, can I encourage you uh, to do stuff? You might think, well, is this really costly? Gosh, this is full on. Jesus, oh my gosh. The Apostle Paul, this is full on. The thing is, um, it's costly not to do this. To die full is really costly. And many, many people do. Because actually, Jesus, when we give, we receive. As we lay down our life, he blesses. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. The highest place. Gave him the name that's above every name. No one's higher. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know what your shape of your spiritual life is in. I don't know whether you're in a dry patch, in a doubting patch, in a sort of, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna, uh, I give up, whatever it is, or a rich, deep patch. But you know, one day we're gonna stand before Jesus Christ. I'm lying, because we're actually going to kneel before him. Don't forget that. That's said with no threat or legalism, but it's just, don't forget the big picture. Don't forget the awesome thing we're caught up in. And actually, uh, therefore, I'm going to close, I think. Could you just spend? Could you just spend? Could you just spend everything in your life? for your sake. All those things, those five resources at least. Do a Jesus.